Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Good evening. You are listening to Radio Islam, and I'm your host, Tariq El Amin. If you are new to Radio Islam, we welcome you to the Radio Islam family. We are a live call in talk show. We broadcast every day from Chicago, the third largest market in the United States. And we do so on WCEV 1450 AM. You can listen to our live stream at www.wcev1450.com. And you can also find us now on the TuneIn app at WCEV. Keep up with us, folks, on social media by liking and following us. Uh, we're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You'll find us at Radio Islam USA. As a matter of fact, you'll also find us at Radio Islam USA wherever you get your podcast. So if that's iTunes, TuneIn, uh, Google Play, SoundCloud, you will find us at Radio Islam USA. Follow us and and share. So welcome to another edition. It is Friday night. Uh, it's movie talk night. So I'm joined in studio by Bubba Murray. Hello, hello. Uh, Bubba, for, if, if you don't know, this is for, for, you, for you, new, you newbies. Uh, if you don't know. Uh, Bubba is an, he's an award-winning writer, director hailing from Oak Park, Illinois. His background includes receiving the ABC Writing Fellowship, writing for Desperate Housewives, participating in the NBC Diversity Scene Showcase twice, and being accepted into the Fox Writing Initiative. Most recently, his short film, Robox, won the Best Children's Film in the 2017 International Black Film Festival. Bubba serves as both lead content and social media director for Burma Task Force. And now you know. That's right. Now you know. All right, Radio Slime family. Uh, if you also, if you don't know, uh, tonight, well, I shouldn't say tonight, but the month of March since 1987, uh, it has been designated as National Women's History Month. And this creates a special opportunity in our schools, our workplaces, and our communities to recognize and to celebrate the often overlooked achievements of American women. Each year, there is a special theme, and women whose lives exemplify that theme are selected as national honorees. So tonight on this edition of Movie Talk, Bubba and I will be looking at the careers and work of some notable actresses and women directors and cinematographers and whoever else we decide to general throw in. creators. Yes, the creative on force. Both sides of the camera. Yep. Yep. So that being said. I want to start with a movie that, um, that that grabbed me from the first time I saw it. And I'm going to reach back a little bit. And so for some of our younger listeners who have who may not have seen this movie, because when I look back, it's actually been quite a while since this movie, movie came out. And I'm talking about The Color Purple, hmm. which okay. was a, a, a great book written by Alice Walker and adapted for uh, to the screen by Steve, Steven Spielberg, who... Wrote, uh, who produced and directed it. And in terms of why I feel it's relevant for Women's, um, for, for women's History uh, Month, I think it's relevant because the movie itself, which was a huge springboard for, uh, first of all, for Whoopi Goldberg. Most definitely. And also, uh, I think, showed, uh, I, I think Oprah Winfrey gave a, a great performance in that movie as well yeah i think that was the one that allowed people to really see she she was a formidable actress yeah absolutely and it was all about uh the diminished voice 
um, the the lack of agency that was that was fought for by the character by uh, Whoopi Goldberg's character Seely, uh, and how you know just how she had to overcome and endure so much, uh, so much time that she spent not being in control of her own life, her own body, and the cast of of of, of women that surrounded her that she drew some inspiration from. Mm-hmm. Uh, some some comfort uh, in, and ultimately got to celebrate with um, in the end. I know I skipped over a whole lot. I know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's a deep movie, but I think part of this too, you've got to taking that movie into context of when it was made. Yeah. Because you know, you might say, well, it was directed by Steven Spielberg, but this was still one of the first major studio movies mm-hmm. out there featuring an all-black cast and really with women fronting this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, now we're – and we're used to these people now. When I say that, we're, we've now seen Oprah on TV. We've seen Whoopi Goldberg in all levels of movies. But this time, you know, this was a serious drama where they really stepped outside of what most audiences thought they could do. Mm-hmm. And – Performance-wise, I thought they were amazing. Now, and I, I well, thinking about when it came out, though, even I feel like it was nominated for almost 14 Academy Awards or something. Had a lot of award nominations, but unfortunately was shut out. Mm -hmm. So, again, in some ways, that movie was still ahead of its time. Yeah. Uh, But was was that in the... Late eighties, I want to say, or early nineties. Uh, I think so. It was uh, nineteen eighty-five. Okay, yeah. So you're talking almost. It's crazy uh, that it's been that long. Almost twenty. Is that over thirty? Over thirty years ago. Yeah. And that's and today it would still be a groundbreaking achievement to put a movie out like that. Well, particularly uh, in light of the the Me Too movement. Yes. Um, I, I think. Uh, as women are uh, looking to um, to re- reclaim their agency, um, and maybe reclaim is not maybe maybe that's not the right the right word, but to to assert their uh, their agency, to assert their um, their, their their creative uh, rights and potential. Um, and I have to sideline over really quick just to mention Fran, not Fran. Um, Frances McDormand, yes, yes, who ended her uh, acceptance speech with "Inclusion Rider," right? right. So they are. Uh, we're coming to a point where we're trying. We're looking for some parody. We're looking for voices to be heard. And I think that movie, like you said, it would have been. It would be as relevant today mm-hmm. as it was uh, then. Yeah, and and then just to let people know, if you're not familiar with Inclusion Rider is, uh, it's really just a stipulation that actors or actresses can ask for to demand to have you know someone ins- to demand inserted into their contract that would require a certain level of diversity among right. the film's cast and crew. Mm-hmm. So that's that is why everybody was going crazy when she was saying that because it's saying she is committed to having diversity in films and having other people's voices. And again, it's being led by, like you said, this me too movement. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I, and I appreciate this, that there's a momentum going and they're not letting go. Yeah. But to that point, I want to add to that um, Michael B. Jordan. Yes. He is also 
Uh, he he uh, released a statement. Uh, for, for those of you who may not know him by name, he was uh, he's the actor that was in our Fruitvale station, but most recently uh, is Eric Killmonger in Black Panther. Mm-hmm. He has his own production company called Outlier Films, and he stated that that will be uh, standard practice from them mm-hmm. for them moving forward. They will have um, uh, inclusion uh, writers. Seems so. I think that's terrific. Yeah. Now I want to jump back in sure. to the, some of these characters now. Talking about the 80s movies, uh, this may not be the production company, but a character, a strong female character that I always, uh, that I will say that I uh, identified with and appreciated was uh, Ripley uh, from Alien. Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver's character. And so, you know, I've seen Alien, I've seen Aliens, and I've seen all the other incarnations of that franchise. Right. But... uh, but her character in Aliens was, I mean, one, I think a springboard for some of the most powerful action female roles. Uh, you you had Ripley. You had, uh, oh, uh, from Terminator. Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor in the second Terminator. Both, again. Linda Hamilton. Linda Hamilton. Yeah. Now, again, they, by today's standard, they might seem a little two-dimensional. Mm-hmm. But, again, when you're looking at the 80s, when you're looking at a time when pe- it's a very uh, masculine, uh, chauvinistic society, it it took a lot for these characters who not only succeeded in, a quote-unquote, man's world, but they dominated in that. Mm-hmm. And, again, Ripley's character... One of the things that drove her was a perception of motherhood because this character was trying to protect uh, a young girl who was trapped on a space station while battling the queen uh, alien. Mm-hmm. And so so I, I think that when, when you have that battle, when you put that forth, you, you were able to, you know, use a, a feminize in a sense, mm-hmm. this sort of aggression. While still justifying it. It wasn't gratuitous aggression. There was some thought and emotion behind it. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because one of the things that I that I saw, um, especially in reflection, right, uh, being able to look back at a movie that has, you know, that, that's been, it's time has, so much time has passed. It gives me the opportunity to look at and ask the question that, when we the ideas of what of of masculinity or toughness, I would say, yeah. as a default to masculinity, right? This automatically goes along with it. Uh, I, I think that that movie in particular, uh, and the character of Ripley, she was. It makes you ask the question of sometimes you have to be tough because you have to be tough, uh, and she was put in a situation where, you know, it was survival, and I think. Her character, I think, uh, and, and probably even more so, the character of, of Sarah Connor from uh, Terminator. These were two characters where there was a toughness that was required of the situation. And if it had been a man, it would have been the same. It, it would have it would have been the same outcome. That I don't think it was so much about the the gender. Uh, and even as I say that, I think this. The, like I said, I think the situation. It, it it showed that not just that, that a woman could be tough or a woman could be uh you know that you know that she could she could fight or any of these other things i think it just it 
it made us look at it on a human level for me. Uh, could we have swapped out her character for a man and had the same uh, had the same outcome? And I think so. And I think that is probably I think that's that's a credit to the uh, maybe to the character or the situation. Does that, make, does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I could see that because yet if you compare it to movies today, uh, I don't today. I think you you get more into the the gender roles and the gender uh, those stereotypes that come along with it. So you're really addressing that issue. Yeah. And and in, in again in the movies in the '80s, it's just enough of the sh- of a shock to have someone cast off type type that is so. You have a female action star. Mm-hmm. That is just going to uh, initially be a big enough surprise that, let's say from the directing standpoint or just as an audience member, that's shocking to you. Now, the character, the actress, you know, uh, Sigourney Weaver, now she's got to go take that and make that a person that just goes beyond the superficial uh, conflict or superficial surprise. Can, Again, like some, or if it's in the fifties and you see a female doctor, whoa, that's crazy. But, right. but she was able to go beyond that. Where you can, you cared about her, you cared about what she was doing, and um, you imp- you really empathize with her. So everything she did was justified, and you rooted for her. So, but I think that came from her, and I think, uh, and I when I say her, I mean Sigourney Weaver, and I think she brought that to the character. I think she brought that to the piece. Me, I think some actresses may have just played it straight where you wouldn't have, uh, you wouldn't have really cared about it or, or, or thought about or had any sort of pride in who this Ellen Ripley character is. Uh, just a sidebar, this is like, there's a movie called Cherry 2000. This is just throwing it out there. Yeah. I think it was Meg Ryan. Not Meg Ryan, I'm sorry. Oh. Who married Antonio Banderas? Catherine Zeta. No, no, no. Uh, oh, no, they were married. No, not Meg Ryan. Not no. Meg Ryan. Um, Melanie yes, Melanie Griffith. Oh. Thank you. You the saved impressive me. One. Come but through. yeah, Melanie Griffith. But she, you know, she played just a, sort of an emotionless cyborg. Yeah. And, and and that's one where you can two dimensional. You just see woman blow thing up. That that's the. <laughs> that's what's special about it. That's what sort of gets people locked in. You, you, again, you don't feel anything. It's just a quick novelty. You, yeah. You're in and you're out. But yeah, I think that the way Sigourney Weaver approached that character made you care. So it made you want to see more characters like that and then delve even deeper and deeper to where you could have a, a Wonder Woman today. Or a Laura Croft Tomb Raider. Right. Um, and I've got some issues with the whole Tomb Raiding uh uh, concept, but uh, I'll save that for another time. Mm-hmm. But but the point is, is that these movies they allowed, and these particular roles they allowed for audiences to see, um, like I said, moving off moving off type, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and allowed us allowed us to see a different expression of uh, of, of, of feminine assertiveness, um, uh, uh, engagement, and and not present women as they were in for quite a while as, as very fragile and, and, and delicate uh, uh, in, in very fragile uh, fragile and delicate state and uh, 
just people know that we kind of go off on tangents and go yeah, all yeah, over the place. Yeah. So I just want to throw out again. She wasn't the first one to do it. One of my favorite actresses who oh. was you know one of those strong fighters with Catherine O'Hara from the forties. Ah, and some one of her later work. Some people might remember her from a uh, John Candy film, Only the Lonely. Only the Lonely, where she played the mom. But yeah. She was. I just. I just want to throw it out to let them know. Yeah, I appreciate she was some of our classic films. She played a lot of swashbucklers. Yeah. So this this woman would take on the men and the sword fights and everything like that. And again, it would generally her character was masked as a damsel in distress, and then she shock you by fighting. But she was a strong character back then, and so you, you see a lot of that now. Mm. And do you think this this goes back to even just relating back to Color Purple and this idea of uh, asserting one's uh, agency and, and strength and rising to the occasion where for for Catherine O'Hara and her movies to have to wear the mask and be swashbuckling mm-hmm. and then move forward to something animated like uh, Mulan mm-hmm. right, where she's got on uh, the, the armor, has cut her hair and everything and she's impersonating a man. But once again, still rising to the occasion that these types of images are needed, not necessarily to take us to a point where we because I'm, I'm not one of those people who has um, who who does not see male female. Right. But how we see those two things are, you know, that that's that kind of, that's it expands. And these types of movies allow us to see. That there's maybe there's more than we've allowed ourselves to look. Yeah, I think it's a type of normalizing this sort of achievement. Mm-hmm. And again, there's nothing wrong with, at least I don't believe there's anything wrong with people having some gender roles. Yeah. But also, there's certain, there's certain aspects of life where you can step out of those roles and or these traditional roles. And assert yourself, and you shouldn't feel like you're going to be punished or marginalized, or, or you should be looked down upon because of this. Getting uh, sorry, just one more shout out. Yeah, yeah. Um, Go right Rita Marino. Who? Uh, Rita Marino. Oh, oh, oh. So, yeah, 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 yeah. We saw her at the Oscars. It's like '85, I think. '83. Mm-hmm. Oct- octogenarian, <laughs> but you know, wearing the same dress she wore for West Side Story. <laughs> And I only throw that up because I'm thinking of her character in West Side Story. Yeah. Uh, Anita, who, I mean, that's just one of my favorite movies, one of my favorite pieces. And that woman was fierce in that. So uh, so, so I'm just going to periodically throw out a few names here mm-hmm. just so you get that. And, and with the Me Too movement and, and some of these movies we've seen, one of the things I like is that it's also imp- – we're seeing – not only just women, but also women of color who are really stepping forward. Yeah. And not just in front of the camera, but also behind the camera in the writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, take Chandra Rhimes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Shondaland. You know, she, she, she's... She hit it out the park with, uh, with uh, Grey's Anatomy. Right. and Defining a network. Yeah. Uh, so, and then so much of Bidding War, now she's with Netflix, but uh, someone like that, mm-hmm. you know... I was going to say 20 years ago, but the 20 years ago, there she was. So she's really starting it. But let's say in those 80s times, you, you would not have had or you wouldn't be talking about a black female dominating the industry like that. You right. might have had people working, but 
And even if they had that power, they would not have been in the forefront like she is. Like now she can really control things. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think it's great that you've got this movement going on. And she, you know, in a sense, she's in the forefront of the achievement. And then in her position, she can really help maintain this momentum. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I'm going to add another, another name to that. Um, and we, we've, we've got to mention Ava uh, DuVernay. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is the first black female director to be nominated for a Golden Globe Award uh, with her work on uh, Selma. Oh yes, uh, and she is. Uh, she, I mean, she's made quite a quite a few strides. As a matter of fact, one of the Thirteenth, uh, uh, which was a uh, which is a documentary, it's available on. Uh, I think it's still streaming on Netflix. It may be streaming on other uh, platforms, but this was. It, it was so hard hitting. If if you if you're familiar with the book uh, The New Jim Crow by Michelle Alexander, then you will fall right in line with Thirteenth, uh, 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 and it's just a, a great a great expose. Uh, it's, it's it's a great documentary on the Thirteenth Amendment, and uh, but most most recently, now uh, she is the. Uh, she's the first. She's the first black woman to direct a live action film uh, with a budget that is, exceeds a hundred million dollars. Wow. With uh, a wrinkle in time. So, and 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 from what I understand, uh, I guess the reviews are not. Uh, the critics are, are, are. I guess are doing are doing okay with it right now. So it looks like it's going to be good. I plan to. I plan to try to see it mm-hmm. myself, but. The work that, that she's done, and then also I've got to also mention, uh, what's the show? It's on, it's streaming on Hulu. Queen Sugar. Okay. Uh, I believe that that's her as well. Uh, so, the creativity, and this is somebody who did not go to, uh, didn't go to film school. Uh, she said, I mean, her her story is really interesting. So she's all she's one that I would definitely recommend folks to. Uh, t- to look up and just just look at her story, especially if you're an aspiring um, filmmaker. Not that you're going to do what Ava du- uh, DuVernay did, <laughs> but it, it starts. It's it got you've somewhere. got to start. Yeah, yeah, if you have an example, if one can do it, then it can be replicated. So, mm. oh, and I just quick correction. I said Catherine O'Hara. It's Maureen O'Hara. Maureen, Maureen O'Hara. Yes, so. Catherine O'Hara is from Gone with the Wind. Oh no, 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 no. Catherine Catherine O'Hara is she's a comedian. Uh, she did some of the SCTV things. She's in. Um, oh, I know who I'm thinking. About. She she's Starlet. in a lot of those. She was in Home Alone. She she's a mom in Home Alone. She's in a lot of those uh, uh, movies with. Those improv guys like Christopher Guest, okay, uh, the the dog show. They, they did the shows about the musicals and the dog shows and that sort of thing. But they're they're sort of the improv-y docu comedies. Okay. Uh, now I know who I was thinking about. I was thinking about the character Scarlett O'Hara. Okay. From uh, from Gone <laughs> with the Wind. I don't know why, but yeah. But I definitely know Maureen O'Hara because um, Only the Lonely was one of my. Favorite flicks that was a, that was a John Hughes, um, wasn't yep. that a John Hughes? I, I don't remember if it's John Hughes, but I just you know I remember that with uh, John Candy and Ali Sheedy and all those characters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but another another TV person when you you were talking about or when you're talking about Hulu that is. Yeah, I was thinking of Mindy Kaling. 
Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. So another person who, on both sides, writer, actor, uh, uh, definitely... Started out with The Office? Yeah, she started with The Office. Uh, again, she, she was writing and mm-hmm. acting on that. Yeah. Uh, Four-year-old and, virgin. And then uh, found her breakout... Well, not that she, she had broke out success with that, but... Uh, with her show on Hulu, yeah, and 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 I feel like a more What's it called again? Um, was it Mindy? <laughs> yeah, the Mindy, pro- the, Mindy <laughs> the Mindy project. project. You know, that's, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I silly I know for that one. That. But uh, yeah, so she's got the Mindy project. I think I think this might be the last season, but she had that going on. It started on network, but you know now it's four seasons strong. Uh, and again, when you are headlining that and, and then hitting a lot of. Uh, I'd, I'd say some challenging topics, but I like how, but in the show, you know, she's really playing herself. She's not trying to be something. She's not trying to glamorize what that life should be. And then she's also in, uh, going with the wrinkle in time. Yeah. She's, she's in that with, uh, I'm, I'm part of me need a little water, but she's in, yeah. she's in a I'm wrinkle in time. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's, in some ways, it goes full circle where, where you're bringing up all these names um, uh, and then you see them working again and working together. And I think that's also something that's inspiring. Yeah. I, I think what we're talking about is not just the um, it's not just the fact that we have men or we have women behind the camera. We're saying that the value is that there is a different perspective. Uh, that comes with uh, these different life experiences, with the the different um, uh, social, I guess, social norms and uh, just the different perspectives that come with with having women having their their voices uh, and the diversity that comes with women as a you know as a as a creative group. Uh, that that's that's what we're looking at. That's what we are. Uh, those, that's why we throwing out different names and different uh, movies and, and just kind of breaking those things down. But we're going to take a short break and we'll pick our conversation back up. We're just all over the place. But uh, then again, you should expect it of us by that, now. That's how we do. So we'll be back in a minute. Islam, the nation's first daily live call-in talk radio show produced by Muslims for the mainstream market. Radio Islam, on the air since 2004 because of your generosity. Radio Islam salutes its most valuable asset, you, our listener. From our producers to our interns, we appreciate your support. Thank you. Okay, forest animals, kids are coming to the forest, and it's up to us to make their visit a good one. Sparrow, have you practiced the most popular bird songs for the year? Of course. Catchy. I like it. River, how's the temperature? It's a refreshing 52 degrees, man. I love it. Uh, Turtle. He's not here yet, man. He's late every morning. Okay. Squirrel. The forest has been preparing just for you. To learn more about cool things to do in the forest, visit discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. 
I knew I was stuck at this kid's house for the night, but those guys snuck up on me to try and pull the hand in a bowl of warm water trick. Well, that was enough for me. I went downstairs to sleep in the basement, even though it was pitch black. I left my sleeping bag upstairs, and that was a mistake, because it was freezing. I think it was probably the longest night of my life. To read more about the sleepover, check out Diary of a Wimpy Kid, The Last Straw by Jeff Kenny. Explore new worlds and check out more cool books at your local library and visit read.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. This is a guided meditation on parenting. Take this time to breathe deeply and close your eyes. Right now, you're completely in control. Unlike the time you and your son played basketball and you attempted to slam dunk. Or when you tried removing those raccoons from the basement. Concentrate on the soothing sound of my voice. Release the memory of when you wrestled with that beehive in your son's treehouse. Let go of the time you thought that skunk was a cat. Or when you pulled into the garage with your son's bike on top of the car. Deep breaths. Deep breaths. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. There are thousands of teens in foster care who don't need perfection. They need you. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Welcome back. Welcome back to Radio Slam. This is your host, Tariq Kalameen, joined in studio by Bubba Murray. It is Movie Talk, and it is National Women's uh, Month, and we are talking about some of the noteworthy actresses and directors and cinematographers. And, so I say just creators. Yeah, female creators. creators. Yeah, just, just throwing them out there. So we're just jumping all over the place. As a matter of fact, if you have a name or a movie or any one of these uh, um, contributors, contributors to creation. Give us a call. Let us know. Let us know who's on your list, and yeah, you can and reach us. Yeah. Oh no, where, where can yeah, you yeah. reach us? You can reach us at three one two seven five zero one one seven eight three one two seven five zero one one seven eight, or tweet tweet us at Radio Slam USA. Our Twitter page is up. And I was just going to throw out there. You know, we're talking film, TV, classic, new up and coming you know anybody that you think uh we should really be paying attention to mm. whether past or now just you know let us know so sorry radio slam family that was a unplanned yawn but uh <laughs> most yawns are not planned so uh one thing i'll say is that um there is a big push for more uh for more representation behind the camera and because really that's where the you know that's where the real creative control uh rest uh most of it so uh, in saying that i look back i didn't realize that one of my favorite movies from back in the day um was actually directed by uh gina prince bythewood and she was uh, she directed the 2000 romantic uh drama love and basketball with Sanai Lathan and Omar Epps, uh, who started that. And that was, and I think this is also 
uh, worthy of talking about for, for another reason, because even as we have a woman behind the camera, in front of the camera, we're, we're having a conversation. We're seeing this whole um, this, this, this struggle play out about, um, I'm not going to say gender parity, well, yeah, yeah. There, there was definitely there was there was this tension. Uh, basketball was the medium through which it was all you know expressed, and uh, it, it was just it's, it's one of my my favorites. You know, whenever I get a chance to to look at it, I haven't seen it in a while, but I do own the DVD. Uh, and that's one that me and the wife and I we like to uh, kick back and watch. It's been a while, but uh, it was it was a great performance by Sanaa Lathan in that. Uh, she's also one of my my favorite actresses, and um, yeah. So just a, a little fact to share with you that those of you who've seen the movie, if you didn't know, it was directed by Gina Prince Bythewood. And, and and then staying, I mean, staying behind the camera. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily director, but cinematographer. Now there's been a lot of buzz, and rightfully so, around uh, Rachel Morrison. Mm-hmm. With the Oscars just last weekend, because she was the first cinematographer or first female cinematographer uh, nominated for an Academy Award, mm-hmm. and I mean, again, this is wonderful. If if you don't know what the cinematographer does, the cinema the cinematographer is the person responsible for making the director's vision come alive. So the director may have an idea, but it's a cinematographer who gets behind that camera, who sets up the shot, and then puts that picture out there. So they have a lot of influence in how a movie's going to look. They come up with a color palette. They come up with uh, even the aspect ratio. It could be black and white. Uh, just anything you see, that is their responsibility. And so. And Claire, I'm sorry, uh, Rachel Morrison, when she found out she was nominated, one of her reactions was, you know, she couldn't believe she was the first. Right. With all the talented women who have been doing this. Now, if you didn't watch the Oscars or you're not familiar with some of her work, uh, it seems like nowadays everything is Black Panther. Well, she was a cinematographer behind Black Panther. Really? And yeah, yeah. And so when you look at that, then you think about the different textures and Within that movie, again, no spoilers, but you have different tribes, different At groups. At this point, if you have not seen it, then Shame it's your own you. fault. <laughs> but so, so I'm not going to do serious spoilers, but it's more about the look of the film. Yeah. And we know with different groups, different tribes in Black Panther, they all had a different aesthetic, a different feel. Uh, the cinematographer is... She's the one who's responsible for that. Whether you have a dream sequence versus an action sequence versus just a loving, you know, intense dialogue. Everyone will have a different feel. That's She brought all of that to life. But she was nominated for Mudbound, which you can find on Netflix to check out her work. Mary J. Blige is in Mudbound. Um, I'm trying to think of who else... Well, nobody's coming to mind right now, but can pull them up. Uh, that's one of those films I've got to. But I, yeah, just throwing out list. some things, you know. Again, we for you to check out. Also, uh, Fruitvale Station. Yes, oh, she was. The, she she was a cinematographer th- for that yeah. too. So, uh, oh, dope. Really, I love dope. Right. So uh, okay, let me backtrack. 
I love the movie dope. <laughs> right. Okay. okay. <laughs> so yeah, so there there's the, just there's she's got a lot of work out there. And again, I it's it's just showing how important it is for you to take a chance to look at these different things and just appreciate, oh, there's a woman behind the lens here. Mm-hmm. And that her perspective, her point of view is both unique and universally appealing. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's that's extremely important. That, that goes back uh, once again. Um, I, from a Islamic perspective, or I should say from a Quranic perspective, uh, we are reminded that there is a difference. You know, the male is in no way, uh, is not like the female, right? The, these are two different uh, aspects. There are two different uh, expressions. And... Uh, and so I'm not an anarchist, right? So <laughs> I say that because I know some people just want to see all lines come down. Uh, they don't want any distinction. And I think uh, I think the distinctions give us those lines give us the shape, right? You know, you could have a a, a black sheet and a mm-hmm. white line, and that'll give you uh, something. You realize what you're looking at. Uh, vice versa, white sheet, black line, whatever. So. Um, these different lenses, these different perspectives, uh, they give value uh, to the stories that they tell and, and how they're told. So I, I, I appreciate looking for those differences uh, and, and, how, and how a woman, depending on her experience, her background, may tell a story uh, in comparison to a man. Um, and, and, I, and this can, it can get real subjective, right? Because after a while, it, it, it almost starts to sound like, just because it's a a man or just because it's a woman, I think there there's a lot more that goes into it as well. But. Right, but but I mean, this is why going back to the inclusion writer. Yes, it's it's being able to again allow these different voices a chance to be heard. Absolutely, and that's and the thing. However, we have to understand or, or that we've been conditioned mm-hmm. by having to have listen to this one particular voice for generations that's true so that's the thing so so i am for a lot of those i mean boundaries coming down but again i don't think it i think that is again as long as these different voices are heard as long as they give that perspective then that's where we have a dialogue you can have the conflict you can have inner conflict within a project you Mm -hmm. know these two people don't get along, or not that they don't get along, they just come from a different perspective. But you had it for so long that the same people yeah. of the same gender, from the same socioeconomic background, mm-hmm. the same race and religion. Now, and, well, now don't 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 get me wrong. I am for I am for open and and equal access. Uh, as a matter of fact. In order to get some type of, of real parity, it, it might be necessary to open the doors wider for those people who have been uh, denied access, you know, in these different fields. So I'm, I'm all I'm all for that. I think I was just going to just to say that, you know, but because there's just that the there's the bounce back that you got to have because, again, like you said, your condition, you're so used to seeing something some way right. that. You you have to have a little more effort in order to change the direction. 
you know, if you've got a ship, if you get, if you pull the rudder one direction and the ship is, you know, turning left, you've, you've got to pull back twice as hard just to get it straightened out. Right. And even further to turn the other direction. So that's, that's all I mean Great in that sense. So, yeah. and, and so in doing that, that's why we've got to have some of these, these challenging voices that allow us to see some things in ways we never would have even thought about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that uh, assessment. I think, I, think, I think we're on the same page mm-hmm. on this. Um, I, now, I also want to bring up uh, in terms of, I think, meaningful uh, portrayals. I grew up watching the uh, watching the Cosby Show. Okay. Yes. And that was, I mean, that was just like you know, don't call the house. Um, Claire uh, Felicia Rashad mm-hmm. was just the epitome of uh, of intelligence, of grace, um, you know, strength, uh, accomplishment. You know, she was to me just just a a, a wonderful model, right? And. As time has moved on, I was wondering, like, when are we going to get back to, are we going to have that type of a representation again? And not necessarily, in, not point for point, but when I look at a show like Blackish now with Tracy uh, Ellis Ross, now it's much more, I think it's a much lighter take on family, uh, but they certainly still, they deal with a lot of uh, pressing issues that are, press, you know, that, that we're dealing with today. But Tracy Ellis, her uh, Tracy Ellis Ross, her portrayal um, on that show is one that I look at now. Once again, I still see some of those same recurring okay. elements: uh, accomplished, educated. You know, she's a uh, she's a doctor. Um, she's um, uh, you know they're, they're upwardly mobile. You know, uh, social. You know, higher social economic right, status, right. and and she's funny as all get out. And actually, I was so, going to jump on that. When yeah. you said, will we see something like the Cosby show? I highly doubt it. Yeah. I really, and only because it seemed like the mission behind the Cosby show was also to, you know, present African Americans, to show this life that these people are there. And, you know, they have a certain type of positive impact. And when they are going through issues, uh, it's done in a sort of, in, in, a, in a type of caring, traditional way loving way yeah but from a different point of view and and this is not knocking any of it's not knocking blackish or anything like that but i think just in today's society the humor is different so where in the old shows you had an awe factor we're like oh that's so sweet now it's the cringe factor so that's weird and that's what people want to see and so so we want to see people get cringy. We want to see them uncomfortable. That's part of our humor. And so I don't think that the, the, that just doesn't lend to the sort of nurturing. You, you know, you, you want the, the if this is the one you want the person to balance the egg on a spoon rather than to, to hold it close. You know, you just want some peril for the family. So I just don't think mm-hmm. we're going to have that sort of betrayal. But I was just going to say because Tracy Ellis Ross is so funny. Mm-hmm. That's why it's great because she can really go over the top. And in everything she's done, she always reminds me also of a little bit of Lucille Ball. Where I can see that. Where there's a physicality to her 
but it's it's sort of it's intensified with her face and everything. It, so I've, I love all the work she does. But that's where I see you've got she's got those comedic chops where that's the direction it goes, kind of over the top, mm. that cringeworthy realness yeah. that uh, that I that I just think audiences are looking for right now. And I think it's also important to note that the one of the the key uh, elements of the show is that it deals with uh, bias, it deals with uh, race relations, and it puts her, uh, at at times, uh, an African-American woman, um, in the center of this dialogue between her and her white male counterparts. Uh, And and this is in a hospital, right? Uh, And a lot of it is uh, passive-aggressive, and and she makes it, and that's a part of the, and I think that's also, that's also a part of the 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 the, the, the theme, the driving uh, force behind the show is that it is supposed to be, deal with these things with humor, and having having characters, as you said, with with the comedic chops, it it allows them to deal with really uh, difficult uh, or uncomfortable subject matter, but in a way that's that's disarming. So. Yeah. I agree. I don't think we're going to see another Cosby show per se, but to still, but to have a strong African American woman lead that is also moving forward the social conversations that are going to help because the Cosby show helped to really push, I think, hmm. America's inter- uh, perception of, of black people forward. And I think this is a show uh, with with a uh, African American female lead. In the center, that is also helping to push forward uh, dialogue. And uh, what's I going to say? I, I really think you're, where we aren't necessarily seeing that on network TV. Yeah, what you're saying too. I, I, I see. Let's say in a show like uh, Insecure with ah. Isaray. You know, yeah, you, we're we're having these younger newer media creatives because you know she started on the internet and then brought that to mainstream so people are coming from again this this different perspective bringing out all new types of 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 angst and awkwardness and you know she she was a great uh foil not i won't say foil but change from their their other show they had they had girls yeah. So, show very accomplished lead females wasn't my cup of tea. Said girls, girls. Okay. Uh, I mean th- that one wasn't. You might have snuck one one in on me. Yeah. All right. But again, but it, it, it just in, in in the in the idea of you know females really making a voice for themselves. Right. Girls is one of those shows, but. Oh, HBO. Okay. Yeah, as an HBO show. Yeah. But then now that that's off the air, you know, what, what do you have that's following up? What's pushing the envelope even further? What's being a little more inclusive or telling a different story? Now we get insecure. Yeah. So. Uh, Which is hilarious. So, so I don't want to take anything away from Lena Dunham yeah. as far as what she accomplished with that. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm really happy to see Insecure doing well. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I thought it was funny. Um, either it was an interview or a statement or, or it was something, but uh, she went to some awards and she says, I'm rooting for everybody black. And I know some people were uncomfortable 
um, hearing that. But she didn't say it with any maliciousness, <laughs> you know, anything like that. But um, but yeah, she's definitely one one to watch and a part of uh, I think a growing group of not just uh, women of color, but just women um, creators uh, that are that that continue to you know pop up. And I think now that we have more of an eye, a public eye that is looking for inclusion, uh, I think we're going to see studios start to reflect that in the. Uh, and some of the, the the projects that they're they're greenlighting. Yeah, I think I, and uh, I think a great example of that was last year where we had the two, I'll say, girl movies. Yeah. One was uh, Girls Night. Uh, Tiffany Haddish. And, yes. uh, yeah, yeah, Queen which Latifah, did well. Regina King. Yeah. And then we had I want to say Rough Night. There was another one with. Like, yes. I can't think of the cast, but I know. I, yeah, another movie. Uh, or or yeah, one's girls. Kind trip. of like a, a hangover sort of. Yeah, I mean, and we've we've had a bunch of those yeah. from um, Bridesmaid to that. But this is one where you saw two, in a sense, going head to head. And this, the, fee, the, the, the black female-led uh, project, mm-hmm. I think, fared much better. Yeah. And just to go on, just to piggyback on that, people are going to have to take that seriously. And again, hoping with this, with this Me Too movement, and and also uh, just w- women taking initiative and being taken seriously and having their voices heard in different ways, that there'll be more projects like that. Uh, so I, yeah, so I think it's that's been a real important. It's 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 an important uh, just movie in that sense. Yeah, that it's shown uh, that where you can find success where you don't you, where you wouldn't think it. And I think the last the last piece of the puzzle is not just what the studios greenlight, but it's also as a culture as a society uh, a sincere openness to hear different voices, um, and placing a value on that, uh, realizing that we've. Uh, to, to kind of expound on what you mentioned earlier, we've had the same storytellers for since the invention of Hollywood. Uh, basically, the same um, same group of folks, you know, uh, white men, and uh, and now we're coming to a point where uh, the, the stories that, that that are being told uh, they they are richer uh, and they are they are they're different, and they're going to cover they're going to cover different areas. Much like Radio Islam, yes, I said it. Yes. That was that was an amazing way you you came back to that. I'm I'm in awe right now. <laughs> they don't they don't just let anybody do this, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It, it comes back to I think as society us expanding uh, and, and and just opening up and, and being willing to, uh, to to hear different voices. So. And again, a lot of these titles we're talking about, those are things, I mean, you can find them on Gable, you know, you can find them on Netflix, Hulu, you can, they're streaming, mm-hmm. shoot, you go to the library and rent them. But uh, also just think about if you're out there and you're looking for different voices, if you just want to expose yourself, check out some short films, check out the film festivals, check out uh, just some of the, some of these outlets, uh, 
Vimeo, YouTube, Brett, just, you know, where people are actually trying to put out solid work. Now, I know there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of garbage out there. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying just watch somebody slip on the ice and because it's a woman that's now we're going to say, hey, me too. This is going to, you know, no, no, no. I'm talking about people who put time and effort into actually making something and honor them by just checking it out, hear their voices. Cause I, I mean, I want to see more women in sci-fi. I want to see more. I'm a, I want to see more women in zombie movies, making those. I want to see more women in sports movies. I want to see more women in uh, Kung Fu movies. Mm-hmm. So just check it out. All right. Well, the hour, the clock has beaten us again. Um, it's been a good night. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, just check out uh, what you said, Vimeo and, and HBO. Not HBO, but but the independent outlets. Very important. So we thank you all for tuning in, uh, for joining us for Movie Talk. Uh, hope you've enjoyed our scattered and loose conversation. Uh, some of the recommendations that we've given. Maybe. Yes. Oh, hope so. Well, I know I did. All right. Yeah, me, me too. Me too. Um, Ibrahim. Yeah. Yeah, he's all right. All right. <laughs> he didn't hate it. All right, that's good. All right, uh, so we want to thank our engineer over at WCEV, Leonard. Thank you very much, sir. Thank our engineer in studio, assistant producer, the impressive one, Ibrahim Bake. Uh, my co-host, Bubba Murray. I am your host and also a producer. I guess we'll, we're co-producing. Uh, I am uh, Tariq Alameen. Our executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid. And the views expressed by the host and or guest and anybody might have heard in the background are theirs and are to be taken as representative of Sound Vision Inc. And now we're going to leave you as we greeted you. Have a great weekend, everyone. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you.